Welcome to Chicago Tabernacle, a place of becoming. Wherever you find yourself, we pray that you would be encouraged today by God's word. Please join us now as we hear a message from Pastor Toledo. Well, I want to welcome everyone, not just to church, but to the beginning of the If Plus Then series, The Equations of Blessing. I'm so excited um, for this study that we're going to be on for the next five or six weeks or so. And If Plus Then is a unique conclusion that comes directly from the book of Proverbs, from the Word of God. Today... Um, I'm doing something unique. I don't, I don't believe I've ever done this before. But today I'm actually preaching uh, three different messages. And the reason I'm doing that is because typically when we have an introduction, I feel like I have to cut out so much important introductory information. And then I preach half a sermon, half an introduction. So I said, you know what, I'm just going to preach three sermons. And so if you want to hang out with me for the next sermon, then hang out with me. It'll be a little different. And I want to encourage you to go home and listen to the first message. Because this message is picking up from first service. And, uh, and I also want to encourage you that um, if you go on our app, there are devotional questions and um, just little kind of proddings for you to keep going deeper with what you learned from the Word of God. How many know you're supposed to get something here but take it with you? How many want to take the Word of God with you? Amen. <laughs> Praise the Lord. And so we all know that we go to school to learn lots of things. We, we ultimately learn equations. And school is a major part of everyone's life. Learning has actually gone through many revolutions. I think the new wave of learning is online learning. We have lynda.com and Khan Academy and a master class. But let me tell you something. The book of Proverbs is God's master class. And my prayer, my prayer is that we would get very serious and very intense about learning from God. How many know God is the best teacher in all of the universe? Amen. And so we're so excited to be teaching some very, very important principles from the Word of God, actually life-changing principles. And in our first service, we started in actually Proverbs chapter 1. We're going to give a little recap in uh, to, to kind of get us all on the same page, and then we'll jump to um, the next message. So even though we're going to be focusing on Proverbs chapter 3 for the next weeks, we're going to go to Proverbs chapter 1 very quickly here. And here's what the Bible says about Proverbs, okay? It says, here are kingdom revelations Words to live by and words of wisdom given to empower you to reign in life, written as Proverbs by Israel's King Solomon and David's son. This is the Passion Translation. We chose this translation because it actually explains what a proverb is. A proverb is a kingdom revelation. Everyone say kingdom revelation. Kingdom. 
When you go to the book of Proverbs and you're reading, you're, you're receiving kingdom revelations. Also, words to live by. Everyone say words to live by. More than just words to hear. They're words to live by. You see, Proverbs are words to live by. Number three, words specifically given by the Spirit of God to empower us to reign in life. In other words, the Proverbs or a proverb is kingdom advice. Everyone say kingdom advice. <laughs> kingdom advice given to grow our lives into victory and abundance. God wants to grow your life and my life into victory and abundance, but it comes in the form of kingdom advice. You see, and if you listen to, to uh, the first message in this series, it's all about us understanding that God, he, it burns in the heart of God to bless you and I. He's a loving father. I was actually here yesterday. And while I was here, it turns out that my son-in-law and daughter came. And that meant that my two grandsons also came. And when I saw them, one of them went, Grandpa! And you know, that's glory for me, right? And then they ran and I grabbed them and I hugged them. And let me tell you something. I would give my grandchildren anything and everything that would bless them. It's like deep down, I can't even describe the love that I feel for them. But here's the amazing thing. My love for my grandchildren is just a drop compared to the ocean of the love of God for you and for all of the people on this planet. God wants to bless his people. God wants to bless your life, but you have to take his advice. See, that's the key. We have to take his advice. Now, the Proverbs, they come in different forms, and I want to explain this to you. Uh, um, so from now on, when you read the Proverbs, you can actually even identify the type of proverb that you're reading. There are three types of Proverbs. First of all, there's a contrastive proverb. Here's an example. The integrity of the upright guides them, but the unfaithful are destroyed by their duplicity. There's a contrast between the upright and the unfaithful. And some proverbs, they make a contrast. But then there are other, uh, another, there's another type called the comparative. It says, better a small serving of vegetables with love than a fattened calf with hatred. So these two first types of proverbs are primarily instructional. And what they are, from the moment you accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior, they're like a pair of glasses that God wants to give you so you could start to look at life and make judgments in life and understand that there is a difference between the kingdom life, the God life, the abundant life, the victorious life, and the life of this world and the life of the enemy. There is a great difference between the life of the righteous and the godly and the life of the worldly and ungodly. And God wants us to be able to discern the difference and to make the choice to be lined up 
with what brings true blessing for us. You see? And so the Proverbs are these compact verses that are filled, one sentence filled with so much truth so that you and I can make the right decisions. And God counsels us through the Proverbs. The third is the completive. Now the completive is where we get the if plus then equation. So here's an example. My child, never forget the things I have taught you. Store my commands in your heart. If you do this, you will live many years and your life will be satisfying. And this is, this is where we get the if plus then. Here it is. If we put our faith in God's advice, you see, Proverbs are God's advice. They are advice because we have an opportunity to choose to take his advice or not. A lot of people love the things of God. They love coming to church, but they don't necessarily take God's advice. I want to say that up front, right here, even before this unfolds, some people are stuck in God. Some people live in neutral in God. Some people go so far as to say, God doesn't work, or God doesn't hear, or God doesn't bless. Yes, he does. The key is we have to take his, everyone, advice. You got to take God's advice. And here's the equation. It says, if we put our faith in God's advice, even though it's living not the way the world says to live, but the way God says to live. It says, if we put our faith in God's advice, then, everyone say then. Then God will channel his power to bring about our blessing. That simple, that plain. Today, you and I have the opportunity to make choices. Choices of faith in what God says, or choices based on what the world says. If we choose to make choices based on what God says, and we say, look, uh, uh, I'm gonna wait. You know, he's in the waiting. I'm gonna do what God wants me to do, and I'm gonna trust that he's gonna channel his power, power towards my life. I might have to wait a little while, but God promises, listen, never forget the things I've taught you. Store my commands in your heart. If you do this, you will live many years, and your life will be satisfying. God's way is satisfying. The world's way ultimately is not satisfying. How many know God's way is the best way? Could we say amen to Hallelujah. And so here it is. If we put our faith in God's advice, then God's power will be channeled so that we can walk in his blessing. And the last message was, a, was a, an introduction and an exposition on the advice of God. So please go and listen to that first message because this is building on that. It was either that or you would be here for about three hours. And so, now today's message actually begins in Proverbs chapter three. We just read it, but I wanna just put it one more time here. And this said, the Bible says, the rest of these weeks will be in Proverbs chapter three. And the, here's, here's the completive promise of God. It says, my child, never forget the things I've taught you. 
Store my commands in your heart. If you do this, you will live many years and your life will be everyone. And the title of the message today is If Plus Then Equals Satisfaction. Equals Satisfaction. The first thing that God declares to us after he spends chapter 1 and 2 explaining the power and the benefits of taking his advice is God promises if you will choose to live your life the way he advises you, the way he, he, he counsels you to live, instead of doing it the way you, you want to live or, or you've been taught to live, when you do it God's way, he says you will experience deep and profound satisfaction. God offers the life of satisfaction that everyone really desires. It does come from God. And so what I want to do is I want to pray right now as I've been praying all week and, and uh, I can't tell you how intensely um, important this, these truths are to me for you. Again, look, we have a lot of people in this room. And uh, I want you to know, I'm not impressed by that. What I desire is that you're blessed by God. Okay? It's not that we have a big crowd. It's not that you're part of an event or a happening. God wants to bless you. And we've got to take the word of the Lord seriously. We've got to take God's advice seriously. If we put our faith in God's word, there's no devil, there's no party, there are no people who could stop the blessing of God upon our lives. How many would say amen today? But we got to do it God's way. So let's pray. Father, we thank you for this day and for this time. And Lord, I pray you bless this world. Oh Lord, help us, Lord, to hear what the Spirit would say. And help us, Lord, to, to get the clarity that we need. To put our confidence in your advice, in your counsel, above all the voices of this world. Someone here today, Lord, is at a crossroads. I pray that they would choose your will and your way. Bless this word now. Teach us how to take your advice so that we could experience deep and profound satisfaction. In the mighty name of Jesus, and everyone said, Amen. Amen. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Now, very quickly, again, we talked to, about this more extensively in the last message, but very quickly, the advice of God in the book of Proverbs comes in the form of a voice. It says, wisdom cries aloud in the streets. And what we need to understand is that God's voice stands among many voices. God's counsel stands among much counsel. So look at this chart very quickly here. Every day you and I have voices competing with the wisdom of God. And this is what we need to understand. And so there are all sorts of voices coming at us. First of all, there's culturalism. 
Culturalism means that we are defined by where we came from and our environment. For the most part, social media and the media, they dominate what we believe as a culture. And people are influenced a great deal, especially the young people, so influenced now by what's happening in the culture, by what's put on the screen, as if just watching something for 45 minutes or for 15 minutes or looking at a picture, as if that picture, whatever that picture represents, determines the blessed, satisfying life. I'm here to tell you that culturalism will let you down, that what they put on TV, Hollywood, Hollywood is fake. Hollywood is sets and costumes and scripts. But God has the real life. God has the blessed life for his people. Don't be led by the scripts. You know, things work out the way they work out uh, um, because they control them in Hollywood. But that's not the, 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 the people who wear the costumes when they go out and live their real lives. It looks very different. And we have to understand that there are all of these voices. There's relativism. Blah, relativism. We're defined by whatever we desire to be defined by. Maybe someone is here today and you're so educated now that you think that you can determine what's right and what's wrong. You're so intelligent, and, and listen, I'm all for, uh, uh, for going to school, and I'm all for learning. That's part of wisdom, but I don't mean it that way. I mean that there's a kind of learning that produces an arrogance in us that says that because we got a couple of letters after our name, we now are the, are the reigning authority. No man is an authority. We are all weak. We are all frail. In the end, we all answer to God. How many would say amen? But some people say, hey, truth is what, there's no such thing as truth. Says who? There's no such thing. It's whatever you want it to be. I worked for a man once who said to me, Al, there's no way that it has to be. Well, that's a big lie. That's a big lie. Okay. If not, if you want a satisfied life, that's a big lie. There's, thank you, got one amen right there. So, <laughs> listen, existentialism or hedonism says we're defined by our experiences or our pleasures. There's a, there's a voice that says experience everything that you want to experience. You know, do whatever you want. Don't let anybody tell you what to do, okay? Just go ahead, jump in. You know, party today, party tomorrow. Let them use you. You know, use them. Just do whatever you want. It's going to be fun. It's going to be fun. In the end, it's not fun. In the end, you, you end up feeling like, a, like Swiss cheese. Thin and hollow and empty. That's, that's the truth. Ask anyone who's been there and done that. There's humanism, which says we're defined by our reason and our ethics. It means that all of the answers are found in man. History has already proven that man doesn't have all the answers. 
And then there's intellectualism, which I mentioned earlier. We're defined by our education and our knowledge. There are certain things that are way more powerful, certain forces that are way more powerful than our intellect. Smart people can do some really, really stupid things. Smart people can do some really, really destructive things, can't they? All you have to do is look on the news and look at how many men and women have destroyed their lives, even though they were incredibly smart. How many know the Bible says we have Christ in us, the hope of glory. That's where the true power is. Hallelujah. There is a power that helps us to say no. And then lastly, there's God's counsel. Now, now we, we talk about this in theory, but man, this is screaming to us all day long. Can I tell you yesterday, uh, I want to put up a quick illustration, but you know, I, I'm not into secular music. I don't listen to secular music. But when I heard about this young man, Mac Miller, that he died of an overdose, I actually went on an NPR thing and listened to him, and when I saw his face, and when I saw him, such an amazing talent, I just wept, you know? And I showed it to my wife last night, and she started crying, because, because here's a kid, 26 years old, so gifted, so talented, but so ruled by the voices of this world, and now he's gone, you know? Now he's gone. You know what, it was because of voices because of voices. And there are other people who, saying, who, who were saying up until a few days ago, oh, I wanna be like him. So this is real. What we're talking about today is real. Amen. You know, a number of, of uh, months ago in June, Anthony Bourdain took his life. I started, I got into cooking about four or five years ago. And when I did, I read so many books on cooking. I kinda can get, kind of fanatical like that. And uh, so I read a bunch of books on cooking, but when I, I got a book by Anthony Bourdain and I started reading it and then I never read anything by him. I really didn't like Anthony Bourdain, to be honest with you, because his stuff was so vulgar that I couldn't read it. I, I had nothing to learn from him, but I have to tell you something. I was brokenhearted when he took his life. I was so brokenhearted because the devil's just putting out those voices, putting out those voices, and then he snatched them out. I'm so angry at the devil. I'm so tired of the devil stealing souls from this earth. But listen, listen to, to Anthony Bourdain, what he said, okay? He said, look, I understand that inside me, there is a greedy, gluttonous, lazy hippie. There's a guy inside of me who wants to lay in bed and smoke weed all day. Ooh, that's really cool. And watch cartoons and old movies. I could easily do that. My whole life is a series of stratagems to avoid and outwit that guy. Okay? I'm aware of my appetites. I don't let them take charge. So listen, don't tell me that good-looking, clever, sharp, funny, gifted, rich, powerful Anthony Bourdain didn't have to deal with voices. He killed himself in Paris. 
He took his life having everything in the natural that seems like it could actually fill your life. But how many know just because it seems like it could fill your life, the Word of God only tells us what can really fill us. All of that else is a lie. Now look, we found this old clip, and this is what's, I th I'm so glad that we got this old clip, because here's an old clip back in the 50s or 60s, I'm not sure exactly when this was, maybe the 70s, of uh, Billy Graham and Woody Allen, and here's, before I put this on, here's what I wanna say, okay? Beware of the clothing, because things are clothed in cool, but they're steeped in deep deception and darkness. Okay, so look at this real quickly. Are there any questions? <laughs> Mr. Graham, I read that you don't believe in premarital sex relations. Is this true? Uh, it's not a matter of what I believe. It's uh, what the Bible teaches. And the Bible teaches that premarital sex relations are wrong. Yeah, that's funny. To me, that would be like, uh, you know, like driving a car, you know, getting a driver's license without a learner's permit first. Well, well let's, uh, let's just, uh, let's just uh, see now. You know, we have to have rules to live by. And uh, what we're saying is we're going to play a baseball game without any rules. We're going to play a football game without any rules. We're going to live a life without any moral rules. Well, God has laid down certain rules and said, if you want the best of life and you want complete happiness and fulfillment, live by these rules. And one of those rules is that thou shalt not commit immorality. Come on. Come on, Billy. Come on, Billy. Now, listen. Listen, Billy Graham just went home to be with the Lord, and, um, and Woody Allen has made a lot of people laugh. No diss to Woody Allen, but I'll take Billy Graham's life over Woody Allen's life any day. And listen, that's not being judgmental. That's making judgments. Okay? Oh, that Woody Allen would come to know Jesus. Oh, that he would accept Jesus, that he would be washed in his blood, and that we could spend all eternity with Woody Allen. But I'm telling you right now, not every life is the same. And it all depends on what kind of voice you're following. And I'm telling you right now, beware. Beware, because things are so wrapped in cool now, and we get led along by things because they look cool, and they're not cool. So we have to understand the power of voices that are out there. God promises to bless us, but there are some very, very powerful voices that are out there that actually really want to destroy us. They really want to uh, uh, um, um, just tear us down. And by the way, Woody Allen has had enough stuff uh, 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 in public in his life to show that maybe he could use a little help from Jesus. You see? So funny how the world mocks everyone, but anytime the church says something about the world, they say, you guys are so judgmental. Oh, stop it, you big baby. Come on, say amen to that. So now let's unpack today, let's unpack this verse that God promises satisfaction. How does God bring this deep satisfaction? Well, we have to take God's advice. And what we're going to look at is what does it mean 
to actually take God's advice. We're here to, to take the advice of God. So look at what the Bible says here, okay? It says, never forget the things I have taught you. And so taking God's advice requires choosing his voice, okay? Now I know that's simplistic, but it's not as simple as we would think. Taking God's advice requires choosing his voice. This is how he begins. He says, my child, and by the way, I want you to notice that he, he's not saying you better. He's saying my son or my daughter. Please, don't forget what I told you. You know, that's the spirit. And if you want to take, if, if, if you want a satisfied life, you have to choose to listen to the voice of God. Now, I want to put up a quote to really explain what it means to take God's advice. I read this while I was on vacation, and it was really powerful. Do we have that? Okay, listen. This is going to take a little concentration, but listen. Augustine of Hippo was one of the greatest minds of the Christian church, but in his book, Confessions of Augustine, he lived a very immoral life for, for a season, and his mother prayed and prayed and prayed until he finally gave his life to God and started serving God, and then he's written things that have influenced the church. Like, as much as any non-biblical writer, Augustine's one of the most influential uh, Christian theologians uh, to ever live, possibly the most influential. But here's what he said about this season where he knew about God but wasn't really taking his advice. He said, I had turned my back to the light. I had my back to the light and my face turned towards the things upon which the light fell. Hence, my face by which I looked upon the things that were lit up was not itself in the light, okay? So here's what that means. I wanna, could we bring that out? Could we bring that out? I wanna give you a quick illustration because a lot of people think that they're taking God's advice, but they're really not. So, so look, here are symbols of life. Here's house, right? Here's uh, entertainment. Uh, my daughter got these at Target yesterday. Entertainment. Here's, here's, this is a bar of gold. Here's your financial life. Okay, maybe here's your, your life of education or, or maybe working out. And here's, here's everything, your schedule. There are all, these are all symbols of our lives and what we do with our lives. So here's what Augustine said. So what Augustine said, go ahead, is that when he looked at things, when he was, could we kill the screen too or no? Yes. Okay, so here's what he said. Okay, notice the light is back there, and I'm going to move it right here. Maybe it's a little better. Okay, so here's what he said. So he would look at things, right, and the light would shine on those things, and he would agree with the light shining on those things. Like someone could be here right now and go, man, good truth. Oh, good mind. You know, good, yeah, yeah, that's good. And so here's what Augustine did for years. My mama told me that. You ever hear someone say, you know what the good book says? You know, and we have all of this cultural stuff and we're looking at it and we agree with what the, as the light shines on it, we agree. But here's what Augustine said. Yeah, I was agreeing with, with everything, but the problem was, is that even though the light was on that, my face was, my back was to the light. 
So the way to really take God's advice is not just to agree, but to turn and face God and face his glorious light. Hallelujah. It's only when you're looking at the face of Jesus, that's when you're really taking his advice. You see, go ahead and put the lights up. Taking his advice, this is something deep and powerful. It's not just that you agree with God, but it's that you're with God. It's that you're, we were talking about being pursuers of God. It means that you're going after the face of God, and you want God's uh, counsel and God's word for what you should do with all of these things. A lot of people love to look at things in light of God's word, but they're not very comfortable looking at the face of God. You can't take counsel if you're not talking to him, if you're not spending time with him. How many would say amen? amen? So look, here's the key. Go ahead and take that off. We need to understand that the Bible is very clear about this. Look at what the book of James says about this particular issue. It says, what good is it, my brothers and sisters, if someone claims to have faith, but everyone, two words, Ooh, you guys mumbled that. I know somebody's convicted. <laughs> somebody's convicted. Oh, no, All right, let's fake it at least, okay? Come on, ready? What good is it, my brothers and sisters, if someone claims to have faith but has no deeds? It says faith by itself, if it's not accompanied by action, is dead. As the body without the spirit is dead, so faith without deeds is dead. You understand? Faith without actions, it's great to agree with what the Bible says, but faith without works is dead. And this is why a lot of people say God doesn't work. God does work. But you got to put your faith in his advice. You got to put your faith in what he says. Listen to this. Listen to this. Real faith distinguishes between intent and action. Do you know that we did a, we kind of did a search on this particular issue, and there were numerous, numerous business articles um, outlining the difference between intent and action, intent and impact, because in our culture, Something has happened. In our culture, people have grown to the point where they feel like it doesn't matter what they do. They go, yo, I didn't mean that. That's not really my heart. Okay? And so they're writing all of these articles about the fact, look, it doesn't matter what you intended to do. What affects people is what you actually do. Okay? So growing up spiritually, and in every other sense of the word, means that you start to take responsibility for your actions. Okay? Growing up means, uh, spiritually means that you realize that you have to actually step out in faith. Some people have a theology, you can just speak things into existence, and you can declare the blessing of God. And, uh, you know, I declare the blessing of God. You can declare all you want. If you don't take God's advice, faith without works is dead. But now God sees someone who says, you see my son, you see my daughter, 
okay? She may not be this, she may not be that, she may be weak, she may be it, but look at her walking by faith, and God says, I'm going to lift my hand right now, and I'm going to re release my glory and my power, and she will be victorious, because the righteous will live by faith. It's by faith. See, and it gets kind of quiet when you start talking about this stuff, but, but it's true. See, I'm glad when someone feels blessed by the word. But what I pray about is that they would put the word into practice. That's what I'm concerned about as your pastor, okay? Is that you would take God's advice. Not my advice, God's advice. My job is to do the best that I possibly can to tell you what the word of God says. Okay, but listen to me, all right? God's way is better than whatever you feel, whatever you desire. God's way is better than all of the, the fine-sounding, you, you know, sophistry that this world can offer. Some people are so eloquent. They're so, they're so sharp and they're so clever and so this and so that. Can I tell you, I remember, I remember years ago, and again, I'm not taking shots at people. But I know that the world takes plenty of shots at the church. But I remember years ago when uh, Brad Pitt was married to the other one. What was her name? Jennifer Aniston. And, um, and I remember he was interviewed. And here's what he said, talking about the divorce. And here's what he said. Um, she asked him some question. He goes, you know what? Getting divorced was so incredibly courageous. And, uh, you know, he's so handsome and all of this stuff. And, and uh, he's less handsome now because that's the way it goes. <laughs> See? He's not on that many posters anymore, is he? You see? See, there are, there are things that are light and momentary. So I remember, I remember him talking about it, and he sounded so cool. If I didn't know the Word of God, I was like, wow, you know? But that wasn't cool, you see? Maybe you're here today, and you're having a problem in your marriage. Listen, what God has put together let no man separate. Both of you turn your face to Jesus. He can heal anything. He can cleanse anything. He can restore anything. Do it God's way. Do it God's way. We have to, we have to choose what the Bible says. And listen, here's why, last, oh, almost last thing on why you got to turn and face him. Charles Bridges, actually in his commentary on Proverbs, said it the best. Listen to this. The heart is the first thing that wanders from God and, and the first also that returns. You see, that's why, look, the table could be here. Lots of stuff. And you and I get so fixated on fixing this and this and that. Stop it. Turn and face him. Let him start talking. Let him start giving advice. See? 
There's all kinds of advice. People, listen, people will gossip. People will slander. They'll say bad things about this. You'll hear all kinds of voices. The devil will be whispering in your ear. No. Turn and let God deal with your heart. Last thing I'll say about this. So, um, I am a hopeless Lord of the Rings fan. I read Lord of the Rings when I was like 14 years old. And uh, just, I'm like a Lord of the Rings kind of fanatic. Maybe nerdy, you know. Um, and I was away for a couple of weeks on vacation. I read a bunch of different things. So I started reading Lord of the Rings again. And I read a couple of things. And if you don't know Lord of the Rings, let me tell you very quickly. First of all, it was written by J.R. Tolkien. Tolkien was a Christian. And it is filled with Christian symbolism. Okay? And so, um, and may, maybe this will spark you to actually go check it out. So the whole story revolves around a ring. It's called the ring of power. And uh, it's just this simple thing. Everyone is after the ring. The ring was actually created by the dark lord Sauron. I know I'm really getting nerdy. Um, but <laughs> listen. But listen. Here's, I want to read two quick quotes out of the book. To you, okay? So look at this. It, the book begins with the purpose of the ring. It says, One ring to rule them all, one ring to find them, one ring to bring them all, and in the darkness, everyone. So here's what the story is saying is the whole battle of the story is don't put the ring on. The ring will tempt you. The ring will call you. The ring, if you put the ring on, you'll feel like you'll have special powers for a season. Don't put the ring on. No one can manage the ring. The minute you put the ring on, you come under the power of the Lord of the ring. Okay? And that's the way. It's a symbol of sin. It's a symbol of all the voices that call you and I in different forms and different color uh, coverings and clothings and outfits and there are voices out there calling. But I'm telling you right now, don't put the ring on. Look at how he describes it. Okay, he says, a mortal who keeps one of the great rings does not die. He does not grow, but he does not grow or attain life but only continues until every moment is weariness. Everyone say weariness. Do you know what sin, look at me for a second, do you know what sin does to you? It's fun in the beginning, it's light and momentary, and then it makes you tired, 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 tired. That's what sin does. Thin, thin, empty. That's why people are taking their lives. That's why they're committing suicide. It's because they're listening to the wrong voice. Don't put on the ring. I don't know what you're facing today, but I'm telling you right now, listen to the voice of Jesus. It's tender, wonderful, kind. It'll bless you. It'll heal you. It'll save you. It'll transform you. Listen. Listen, I want to finish this. It says, he becomes in the end invisible permanently and walks in the twilight. And then watch this, neither the strength or purpose will last. Sooner or later, the dark power will devour you. That's the way sin is. That's the way the voices are. Man, Mac Miller.
26 years old, so gifted, so talented. Listen to the last message. I have a quote up there by him. I'm telling you, my wife and I watched this kid. He took his life, money, fame, followers on Instagram, all of those things, empty, empty. But let me tell you something. When we follow Jesus, how we know it's not empty. Our life is full. Hallelujah and overflowing. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Okay, last thing. Okay, taking God's advice requires choosing his voice. But listen, if you want to live the satisfied life, taking God's advice requires not letting go of the word. My child, never forget. Everyone say never forget. What he means by never forget is don't let go. Don't let go. Brothers from Teen Challenge, don't let go. If God is speaking to you today, is God, if God has given you a truth of some kind that you know is from God, you know is a kingdom revelation, don't let go of the truth. Buy the truth and sell it not. I want you to think about all of these equations, right? By the way, I'm told that all of, they don't all fit together, like we just, they're random, but all of these equations are actually true equations. And um, uh, one of the things, when you look at these equations, I think everyone intuitively, intuitively understands that they didn't get this in the first grade. They learned, and they learned. They built upon one lesson and one grade and one level of mathematics and another level of mathematics, and they built on it. We have to build on what God gives us. If you want a blessed life, you have to understand that God has given you something today, and if you will hold on to it, you are building a life that will be blessed and satisfied. Don't let go of the Word of God. Even though other voices come, don't let go. Everyone say, don't let go. Don't let go of the Word of God. Here's the way the Apostle Paul put it. He said, only let us live up to what we have already attained. You see? So you may say, well, I'm not where so-and-so is in my life or in God. That's okay. Where are you today? Don't let go. Build. Build on what God wants to do in your life. But here's part of the thing, and we're going to close right now. Listen, you have to decide whether you believe that God wants to give you a satisfying life, a long, satisfying life. You have to, you have to look at the life of Jesus. Look at all the philosophies. Look at all the religions. Who compares to Jesus? He gave his life. He rose from the dead in power. His word still stands today. Wisdom cries aloud in the streets. And anyone that will follow Jesus, if you just follow Jesus and not let go, how many know you're in for a long and satisfying life? How many would say amen today? <laughs> Lift your hands to the Lord. There is no one like you, there is none beside you, open up.
just I, I I feel the spirit of God tugging maybe you're here today maybe you're here today and you want to start taking God's advice you want you want to start being led by God well all of the counsel of God begins with accepting the fact that God sent his son Jesus Christ to the earth to die for our sin to pay the price that we could never pray, pay, and then to rise from the dead in power. So the Bible says anyone who puts their faith in him, anyone who accepts him as Lord and Savior, instead of putting on the, the ring, we put on the Lord Jesus Christ today. And we can give our lives to Jesus. And then the Bible says he sends the Holy Spirit, and that Spirit is the wonderful counselor. And if you're here today and you have never accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior, you've never had a moment in time where you felt his Spirit knocking at the door of your heart. And, he, and you've never felt like the Lord was saying, I love you. And if you'll let me into your life, if you'll let me be the Lord of your life, I'll take care of you. I'll save you and I'll bless you and I'll lead you all the way to heaven and we'll be together forever and ever. If you're here today, you've never prayed that prayer. You've never opened up your heart and accepted Jesus as Lord and Savior. And right now you feel him knocking at the door of your heart. Just open the door and let him in. That's all you have to do. And if that's you today, you would like to accept Jesus in this very holy and sacred moment. Just raise your hand right now. Thank you. Anyone else? Thank you. Thank you. Hands are going up. If the Lord is moving, raise them nice and high. If you want to accept Jesus, raise your hands nice and high. I want to see them. Blessed be the name of the Lord right over there. Those of you who have your hands up, I want you to go ahead and put them down. I'm going to lead you in a prayer. We'll all say this prayer together. The reason why I'm leading you in a prayer is because you've never done this before. After this, you will have your conversations with God any day and all day because he'll be inside of your heart. So come on, everyone, repeat after me. Lord Jesus, I thank you for this day that I could hear, Lord, that you want to lead me and you want to guide me 
and you want to give me a blessed life. Lord, today I open up my heart to you. And I begin by asking you to forgive me for all of my sin. God, wash my heart today. Thank you for coming to the earth. Thank you for living a perfect, sinless life. And for dying for my sins. Forgive me, Lord, and cleanse me. I open up my heart to you, and I ask you to come in. Sit on the throne of my heart. Be my king. Be my master. Be my Lord. Be my friend. Thank you for receiving me, even as I receive you. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Can we put our hands together for all of those that raised their hands just now? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. If you raised your hand and prayed that prayer for the first time, I want to congratulate you. The Bible says to them that believed, he gave them the power to become sons and daughters of God. You belong to Jesus now forever and ever. And the angels in heaven are rejoicing over the decision that you've made. Hallelujah. Hopefully, listen, don't rush out. Hopefully, you received a box. That box is a gift from us to you. It has a Bible in it and a note. It has a card. If you have a few moments to fill out that card and give it to one of the ushers, we would appreciate that. We just want to connect with you and, and start you on your new relationship with God. Welcome to the family of God. Can we put our hands together? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Now everyone take someone's hand right now. If we put our faith in God's advice, if we keep building on what God teaches us, don't let go of the word. Don't put on the ring, but don't let go of the word. Don't let go, don't let go. He promises a satisfying life. And so look, you may not know everything about God, but take what you know and build your life on it. Take what, you, take what, what you've learned and what you've received and build your life on the Word. You will be blessed. I want you to pray now to the left and to the right. God, help us to follow your counsel and to hold on to it, to the left. God, bring blessing to every home, every heart, every mind. Bring your blessing upon every life. God, help us to take your counsel. Help us to choose your advice over all of the other voices, oh God. Help us to build. Help us to build. Help us not to let go. Bless your 
yes, Lord. Send us from this place, listening for your voice, oh God. Give us ears to hear what the Spirit would say. Help us to receive it. Help us to embrace it and to never let it go. In the mighty name of Jesus and everyone said, amen. Amen. Come on, let's clap to Jesus before we go. Come on, this is the Lord's house. 